In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. We are, as the title suggests, 60 days to departure for our family gap year. And in light of that, I wanted to give you a little bit of our present day mindset on where we are with our planning, what we're thinking about, what we've struggled with since we've announced in August. So to start with less than two months to go, I guess I would say I'm finding myself trying to balance between the present day with future day. We have set our departure date to be mid-January for a couple of reasons. Part of our current update has more to do with the current time of year and less to do with our departure timeline. But I also wanted to approach this from all the slices of life. In my book, I call this the life pie or metrics of thriving, where you get to decide how big you want each slice to be. And so for me, the slices that I've defined are growth and learning, spirituality, health, fun, and recreation, friends and social, love and family, career, and money. If I was to look at all of those, I think top of mind lately will start with health. Is this the point of broader focus maybe of well-being? I'm not sure, but I'll just kind of share a couple of things. As this time of year approaches in Wisconsin anyway, it's colder, the days are shorter, it's easy to sink into hibernation mode. And my hours outside have dwindled. (laughs) I find myself bundled up and resting more frequently. Moving through the discomfort of cold is something I want to tackle potentially in an upcoming episode. We are also approaching the holidays where food is abundant and portion sizes seem, oh gosh, huge. I don't know. It just seems like there's always a ton of food around. So being aware of all those things and choosing to move my body naturally leads to clarity and better well-being overall. And I just, that's very top of mind right now. Another key factor about present day and health is the open enrollment season for health insurance. And again, this will be an upcoming series because there are quite a few options and they all share different considerations and mindsets about choosing the best path forward for you. We are currently finalizing our decision for next year, but what I can share is just some observations thus far, not having an employer-sponsored healthcare plan. So my husband was a teacher and announced his resignation in April for the upcoming school year, but was contracted through August. So given my daughter's accident at the start of the year and the surgery, we had met all of the deductibles and decided that since we were stationary in network, we did not really want to start over in September. So we opted to maintain our coverage through COBRA. For context, that plan is for family coverage with an HSA option People start thinking about prices. We have a $3,500 in-network deductible, $7,500 out-of-network deductible, and our monthly premiums now that we are taking full responsibility for both health and dental are roughly $1,500. This is double what we were paying with employer-sponsored healthcare, but given our income, it was quite equivalent to what we would pay on healthcare.gov. And so we just figured it was easier rather than starting all over and 
having to, you know, restart our deductibles and potentially switch plans. We just thought it was easier. And quite honestly, it's been best. My daughter had another surgery recently, and it just feels like this is something that is expected. We know what to expect, I guess I should say, on that realm. It's one less thing to try to navigate in this time of change. I think the next slice that we'll talk about is growth and learning. For context, we defined our gap year as taking an intentional break from traditional school and W-2 work. And this is an area I think we have probably been most active since I publicly shared our intentions in August. Our kids are in public school until the end of the semester. And this was their choice. My seventh grader wanted to participate in fall sports. My fifth grader wanted to participate in her first band concert. And all of them just seemed really excited to join ski club for a couple of trips this winter. So we felt that the routine and the structure was important as my husband is coming down from employment. And we had some interesting interactions at the sc- on the school front. We haven't formally filed the paperwork with the state to unenroll the kids. However, given that we are friends with many of the teachers and there's been an awareness about our departure, our kids are very eager and also sharing this news more openly. With that in mind, on days off and some weekends, we practice the format of homeschool that we will be conducting on the road. They've not complained. (laughs) And it seems very natural. I don't know what I would call it if there's like a formal structure. It's, It's not like I have a theory or a practice behind this. It's essentially a checklist of what we need to do each day and how we support them. And I really like that they have the freedom to decide which one on that list they tackled next. So it's very interest-led learning. They get to choose the items and when they're going to work on those. My oldest son, through all of this, has soft-launched his fly-tying business, and he is very eager to dive into his homeschool project, which will be building the website and formally launching his business online. So that's kind of a fun exploration journey and project to look forward to. As parents, I think we both also have had significant growth and learning since August. I announced my public resignation, and I have a very public role in the community. Very public. (laughs) And the search for the new executive director moved very fast. And interestingly, this opened up a whole new perspective. And I'll talk about more about that when I get to the work section. But my husband is slightly ahead of me on this timeline, meaning he stopped W-2 work in September and spent his days deciding what to do. He did some projects around the house and he did substitute teaching for a friend who had a baby and decided like he had no desire to substitute teach anymore. What I realized is how much work was a part of his identity. He hadn't necessarily decoupled that before leaving. And it took a couple of months to find the right amount of structure to support his desire for contribution and allow the flexibility and freedom to decide when and when not to work. He has a desire to hunt, and so trying to fit that in has been, I think, a learning journey for him. He's in a much better place now. He's doing some subcontracting work with a locally owned construction company, mostly like finishing work and new construction homes. But he's also done some home repair projects for hire and some at home. I think what he's most excited about is he's also taking coursework to become a certified RV technician. So through our network, he connected with another traveling RV technician and was able to ask some questions and get some insights from someone who was a little ahead of him on this journey. And that really helped him move forward. So that I think is a recent development that I think we're both pretty excited about. And he just seems much more 
aligned, connected, fulfilled in that type of role than he was just coming up with something else or repositioning himself in the entrepreneurial world. So it was kind of a fun discovery. I think from here, I'll move into love and family. This is probably the most dormant we have been in years. You know, there's no fall or winter long weekend trips planned, (laughs) other than maybe going up north for a couple of times to see friends or potentially a ski weekend if the snowfall will cooperate. We love to chase snow, so we would just appreciate uh, like a foot of snow this weekend. That would be fantastic. But we are trying to stay present in the opportunities of being home and celebrating family traditions. So for example, we typically have traveled for Christmas the last two years for fun. One year we went out to Jackson Hole and we're skiing. And then last year, ironically, when my daughter had her accident, we left for Christmas and we're seeing extended family in the New Mexico and Texas region and did some mountain biking and some hiking and things of that nature. This Christmas, we're actually home. We're going to be hosting Christmas as well. So I think we're very open in our communication and in conversations, trying to engage kids in what do you want to do? We're home. What are the things you are afraid of missing out on when you're gone? What are the things you like to do at home? You know, things like jumping on the trampoline or, I mean, this sounds really sick, but this is a true love of mine is I love splitting and hauling and cutting wood for our wood-burning fireplace. That has been a really fun thing for me to do the last weekend or so. It just feels so good to move my body and get outside. So that is like a little sick. I truly do enjoy that. But I think we're trying to think about the future and planning a little bit while also being very mindful of present day. Many days we express our desire to just jump in the RV and go And I think a great lesson on potential energy, (laughs) stored energy versus kinetic energy, the energy of motion. Also, modeling workdays will be part of our RV travels. You know, sitting down, overwork and learning projects, cleaning the rooms, deciding what few things to bring. We do plan to come home every three to four months. So we have the option to switch things out. And I'm hopeful that this experience is already showing signs of deeper connection and relationships as a family. I am really hopeful that this experience is already going to show signs of deeper connection and relationships, both as an immediate family, but also with extended family and friends. Most of our extended family and friends know, and we have begun reaching out to them and some listeners actually around the country as we make our way and try to start scheduling potential meetups along the way and when we think we might be in their region and if they would be up for it. So that I think has been a fun, really organic development. We are trying not to schedule too much on the road so that we aren't forced to make our destination and hit a reservation on time. So we're trying to be much more fluid, just have a general route in mind. And so that balance though between present day love and family, future day love and family, I think has been one that we are very eager to like get going on, (laughs) if that makes sense. I guess I'll talk a little bit more now about friends and social lens. The meetup mindset is really what's driving our plans. Formally, we don't really have a route, as I was mentioning, or a hard and fast itinerary planned. We have concepts and notes with key experiences highlighted, but we are not defining when or how long we are going to be in a location. This was the area four years ago that I was most nervous about. I was really concerned that we would feel isolated as a family, like we would have been pulled apart from our existing social ties. 
We've worked through that pretty well as we've made friends on our travels, and we are pretty excited to meet back up with some of them. Being mindful that the kids need to play and connect with other kids. Many family and friend connections are typically shorter in time when we're in a group setting. And so we also are, I think we're also aware that these are relationships that we want our kids to have. They're really good with adults and they have a lot of fun with adults too. So I don't want to deprive them and say, oh, kid friendly or we're avoiding adult only experiences. That's not it at all. My kids love to hang out with adults. And so I think that one-on-one and the meetup experiences are going to be really fun. We've also given the kids each an opportunity to plan their own dream one-on-one experience. So we're going anywhere in the country. What would you want to do? And those things I think you'll hear more about. But that is helping me really change my mindset around this isolation. I think the more we've tested and experimented with this, we've actually found deeper connections and more connection. So it has been less about like, oh, the kids are being torn away from something they love to they are getting to deepen relationships that they wouldn't typically have back home. It does help too that we've we've tried to assure them we are coming home every three to four months. So it's not like we're ripping them away. We are just taking longer breaks. I guess one thing I haven't addressed formally is the relationship between my husband and I. How we make time and space for date nights. It's on my mind and there's some intentionality around that, but nothing mind-blowing really to share right now. Just that we are aware of it and we will find ways to make it happen, even if it's just small things like taking a walk together or spending time together. We do have in the RV, everybody has their own private space and we're trying to be really cautious and respectful of that. And so I'm hoping through just generating boundaries and open communication with the kids that we'll figure out how everybody can have alone and together time. So if we then jump into fun and recreation slice, I can't stress enough how the foundation of simple adventures and getting good at that and getting comfortable with simple adventures is supporting this lifestyle decision. We are extremely aware, both present and future, about the curious ways we can experience adventures together and have them be on our own terms. You know, things like visiting local libraries, which is where the kids will practice piano and have many things available to them. You know, things like teen sections. And in one library we were looking at, they have like a vinyl selection. We were pretty excited to expose the kids to that. Or they have classes and activities and teen nights. So those are things I think we've just practiced in our own community and will be on the lookout for. We also purchased Indie Passes, which is for downhill skiing, and that is going to allow us to ski two days at independently owned ski resorts within their network. So we currently have our eye on the Rockies region, as well as some of our favorites in the Midwest. So we are hoping that we can get snow before January so we can take advantage of some of those. And then when we return back in March, we also will have the opportunity to potentially ski with friends or meet up with family as well. A fun travel hack that we discovered is that many Major League Baseball teams have tickets available through travel rewards portals. So this is going to help my son add a few more stadiums to his travel goal. And I don't know that we'll visit all of them, but for sure we agreed, you know, maybe four or five or six. We will see because a lot of them are going to be on the East Coast and they're relatively close together. So we're going to see how much baseball we can tolerate. I think he only has like 10 left. So he is making significant progress on that. We also are thinking about this kind of thing as we approach the holidays. So each kid, like I mentioned, is going to get a wish list one-on-one experience while traveling. The gifts my husband and I exchange will keep the practical nature of what we plan on experiencing together. 
I'll share more of that in an upcoming episode. But that episode is less stuff, more experiences, and all the different ways we are thinking in those terms as we move forward. In the current sense, we are appreciating things that we won't be doing in less than two months. I know you guys might think I'm a little crazy, but as I mentioned, I had a blast this morning splitting and hauling wood. I genuinely enjoyed that my boys came outside to help unasked for a little bit and then went off and decided to create their own little fun for the afternoon. They were playing with the four-wheeler. They have a small one, like a little battery-operated one, and then driving the larger four-wheeler around the yard, running around with the dog, They also, when I came in, they were having an art competition. So I'm just finding that we're really appreciating these little things. And we joke, you know, sitting in the rocking chair and baking and having an abundant stash of craft items is really beneficial at this point. I don't think we'll have quite that supply on the road, but there are things that they know they can take advantage of while we're home. And then I guess I should kind of leave off here on the work front. As I alluded to earlier, my husband is slightly ahead of me on this as he decouples from work and the joys and challenges that come with that. From my perspective, the reaction to my news has been very positive. In fact, there's quite a few excited. Some have even expressed a little jealousy on a positive light. But I guess what I didn't expect would be the opportunities that would emerge. When you have clarity about what you want your life to look like and not expecting work to be a part of that, it's it's really interesting. As I transitioned from full-time work to either freelance and maybe some entrepreneurship type work, I'm noticing there's parts of being employed that I'm going to really miss. I have mentioned from day one, I love my job. And while this is still the best option, I'm going through a small grieving process. As I look forward, I am intrigued and excited about contracting and consulting work. I have a few options on the table, and I'm also reminded of the reason I chose to leave my job was for location and time freedom. So as I am, I don't know, allowing these options to emerge, I'm trying to test the concepts without stuffing my future time with obligations. And I think that is a piece of the unknown right now, is how much work do I want to take on as I move forward? We know we want some work in our future. We don't want to rely totally on our savings. We do feel a little bit more confident when there is a little bit of money coming in. But I think the freedom to think through and do everything from the entrepreneurship lens is just feeling a little less likely. You know, I am sensing that I'm going to want to step down before full-time structured W-2 work to full-fledged entrepreneurship. And that's just me. I think maybe having some outside expectations and support and structure is still to be desired and in moderation. So I'm exploring that, which I guess then brings me to money, right? Because we work and we earn the money that we have. So given the volatility of the market, that has been one thing I think that has attracted some attention and potentially some anxiety. We're walking away from steady income and that is nerve wracking. It's not even if we were FI, we are not financially independent. We have been planning and we've been saving for this. So it's we're following the plan. But I think we are facing the perils of switching from a saving mindset towards a drawing down mindset. And what's funny is that, like I mentioned, we're following the plan that we made and it's still hard. We gave our money a job and we are putting our money to work and it's still hard. There are still days when things show up and I get very anxious and I'm wondering how are we going to make this all work and is this actually going to work? 
And the truth is we've done the work. We've done the, I don't even want to say mindset anymore, but we've done the work to understand what would happen if, the fear setting, I guess, is what I would call it. So we've worked through a lot of different fears. We've adapted to say, okay, if that fear happens, what would we do? Or if that fear happens, what else could we do? You know, what are the options? We've really worked through a lot of the different things that could happen. Not everything. I mean, you couldn't have told me that my daughter was going to break both arms last year in a bike accident. You can't plan for everything. And so we have recognized that in all of this, there is a spiritual component. There are things at play. And we just try to, you know, there are days that are good and days that are bad. And we try to keep that in mind. I tend to practice mindfulness. We have some music that we will sometimes turn on. We do have the connection to our local church does have services online. There are podcasts we can listen to. So sometimes when I'm having a very doubtful day, I will look at all those things and say, okay, what is the best option? And sometimes you just need to like dance it out or shake it off or move your body. And it's amazing how your mindset shifts. So that is it. We are, again, 60 days from departure. And this is kind of another fun episode because this is episode 99, which means which means that episode 100 doo, 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 is going to be cool. And I'm not even going to tell you what to expect, but you can expect some cool stuff to come out and to be shared. I am so excited to have you here. I'm so excited that you are along for this journey. It has always been about simple, authentic adventure experiences that have led to a lifestyle that is allowing us to even explore this gap year. So I hope that through these 99 episodes, you're beginning to see what works for you. This has never been prescriptive. It was meant to expose you to all of these different options and support you in experiencing the hidden value of adventure in all the different ways that it shows up in your life, in the good, in the bad, and all the things you learn in between. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.